VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. What is going on, you guys? Welcome. Wait, is the camera on? Because my butt cheeks are showing. There is no camera. The is camera it? is not on. Okay, well, there is a camera. Okay, <laughs> what's up, you guys? Welcome <laughs> back to the For Us podcast. The podcast Wait, for you and for us. No, we have to start over. I don't feel comfortable saying my butt cheeks are out. What do you mean? They're, they're not out. Well, baby, let's just start over, please. Baby, I don't know. We're no, going. Please, please. We're live. No, baby. Y'all, we just fast forwarded, but we were just arguing about Savannah saying butt cheeks on the podcast. No, because I said we need to start over. We literally just started. We it's never. Okay, it's baby. That is probably the best way to start a podcast. We got them hooked <laughs> now. Speaking of butt cheeks, tell them the story. Okay, yeah, this is actually, that was a really good segue, babe. That was, thank you. But I'm just saying, let me just really quick defend myself because i just don't think it's very appropriate to be starting out our podcast talking about my butt cheeks baby okay first let's just give some context here before we get into the story about someone's cheeks <laughs> what's the context again? <laughs> oh we're shooting this in our bed again because savannah really liked it last week i felt really inspired and right now um we're just I mean, she, we're not, you're not in like, you're in briefs. What are they called? I'm wearing underwear. Yeah. Well, not like actual underwear. Baby. Okay. I'm not wearing a thong, but I'm wearing like regular panties. Yes. If this is TMI for you, then I'm sorry. We're sorry. Well, that's why I said we should start over. But anyways, I was saying you guys, we never cut the podcast. And so I was like, okay, it's literally just a minute in. Let's just start over. And I can feel more comfortable about my intro for you guys is Monday. Tell them the story. Okay. Oh, I think you should tell the story. Well, I mean, I didn't see it. Okay. So, okay, wait. Should we start with the fact that we literally road tripped to go to an amusement park and we didn't make it to the amusement park? Should we start with that? That's the story right there. Okay, we'll start. No, that is the story. You just said it. You don't want me to go into We don't need a big death. Okay. So, yeah, road tripped to go to an amusement park. The amusement park was closed. So, we were like, okay, got to come up with a plan B. We ended up going into, into what? We ended up going to a big water park. Kalahari for the people who know, you know. Yes. It's the largest water park in the Midwest. Which Indoor I, water park. Indoor slash outdoor. Yeah. So anyways, we went there. It was actually so fun. I knew Rye would love it. Honestly, better than the amusement park. So it worked out perfectly. But fast forward, there's this large like surf. What do you call that? It's like a. It's like a surf simulator thing. Like you. They have it's not waves real coming. surfing, obviously, because you're not in the ocean. But yeah, it's yeah. like it's like a slant and like constant water pushing you up. Waves. So it kind of feels like, well, it's not waves. Well, those are some those are some gnarly waves, babe. <laughs> I mean, that's just like a current. You weren't out there, all right? 
out there. So anyways, Josh and I both wanted to do it. I really wanted to try it. I've seen this before and I'm like, okay, I want to try this. But once I like got up there and I saw people doing it, you literally get like slung shot across up this mountaintop and get slammed into a wall Okay. when you fall off the board. It's so all, I was it's like soft. It's not, you can't get hurt. Okay. Well, these girls were literally flinging and flapping everywhere and a girl lost her entire swimsuit bottom. So they also weigh like 30 pounds. Okay. Well, after I saw all of that happen, I was like, I think I'm going to take a no on this and just observe. So I stood on the side to cheer Josh on and this was his first time ever doing this little surf situation. Mm-hmm. Babe, you were doing great. Thank you. Yes. So I was very shocked. <laughs> there's like an instructor at the bottom who kind of tells them what to do. And you can tell he gauges and just kind of like reads the room. He can just determine kind of their skill level based on how they're doing out there. I don't know how he determined I could do anything because I never served in my life. You know, you know how he determined? Why? Because you're both black. Because I'm black. Yes. Oh, OK. Yeah. Well, I just felt like he could. He he was like, that's my brother. <laughs> don't say that <laughs> brother. go um so josh is doing great and i knew he was gonna give him hard tricks because i've been watching the people in front of josh and like they would get like semi-hard sometimes they would get like a hard trick if if they were good but i just knew josh was gonna get the, the difficult tricks so he goes and the guy literally demonstrates so you're on your belly holding onto this board and then the guy demonstrates for him. Mind you, the guy demonstrating is not in the water. He's just on like a platform. So he does this flip trick. He's on his stomach, flips to his back, flips back to his stomach. And then Josh is supposed to copy him and do this in this big rushing current. He does it. And let's say yeah, he, sticks, he sticks the landing. Yes, I did. Stuck it. It was crazy. And <laughs> stuck it with two butt cheeks out. <laughs> And we have it on video. We won't be sharing the video. That video will never be seen by anyone. Actually, I may have to share that video. No, uh, But Savannah. baby, I will cut it before I see your cheeks, of course. Well, yeah, show me being dope. Yeah, it was really cool. Josh, <laughs> dope. <laughs> dope. <laughs> Josh did a flip, but he lost his bottoms as well. So, Y'all, when I tell you, I, when it happened, I was like, well, and there's people watching too. Yeah, there's like, either people in line or there's people at the end. Everyone your your kinda, mom saw my butt cheeks. Yes, everyone kind of gathers around this attraction because it's pretty entertaining to watch. And also, the best part is the instructor on the way up. He's like, tie your shirts. What do you say? He said, bro, tie your shirts. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, all right, Michael, chill. Uh, well, that happened. Um, that's your story? That was your story. Oh, oh I guess, that's your speech? That's your, that's your speech. Is it or, or is it mine? Well, I mean, if you take it, then you can have. Well, it. Ba- you, do you well, have another one? Well, babe, I told the story, but it was about you, so it's just really however you want to perceive. Do you have another story? You probably have another story. Well, no, I was just gonna say I had my first tennis match today. Oh yeah, baby, tell them all about it. I can't wait. Well, I'm, I can't tell you guys all about it because it'll be in the vlog that is dropping this week. But I felt very accomplished after this tennis match. I, it, it was everything I dreamed of, of it being like everything that I've learned. I, it came to fruition. It came to fruition. And I was, I was just doing like, I, I channeled everything that she was, she's been teaching me. And I even believe- sometimes I struggled during the, during the uh, training. Like it was just crazy. I can't believe that I wasn't there. I know it's okay. You'll come to my next one. But what about like, Okay, is there going to be a difference in feeling? Because this match, okay, because when I hear tennis match, mm-hmm. I immediately think crowd. 
I don't think just like two people. I don't consider that a match. Maybe. So Maybe. it was just you and the guy. So will you feel more like on top of the world if you did a big match in front of like a crowd of people? Uh, now, that would be crazy. No, honestly, no. Because for me, tennis is more of like a personal thing. Like it was just me going back and forth with myself. Like, hey, this is how you're supposed to do this, Josh. Like here comes the ball. Get low. Follow through. Like all these things. Like, if I did it correctly, then I felt good with myself. Like, I walked away feeling accomplished because I was doing things correctly, and I saw um, the results that happened. So tennis for you is more like a personal journey. You're not really sure. to I mean, put on a show. Not yet, at least. Like, if, I, if there are people watching, then I'm not, yeah, I would love to, you know, put on a great show. But honestly. A great show. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that means. But. With tennis, though, babe, but you're what we watch on TV. That is once out of like all That's these other. That's all tournaments. I think about when I think of tennis. No, like literally, no one is watching you play tennis. If you go on YouTube right now, everyone is doing matches, and there's like either nobody watching, or just like the ref and uh, you know, no one watching. See, now that's really interesting because, like, growing up a dancer, if I constantly was just doing like competitions, dance competitions, and no one was watching, I don't know if I would feel the same sense of achievement after. Really? It's not just satisfying for you to... So, like, if I just got on stage and performed a solo, mm -hmm. just performed it, and then it was just, like, for myself, and then I was done. Oh, okay. As opposed to getting on stage in front of a panel of judges and an audience... Like, I don't know. I guess it's it's really just like a mindset thing. It's whatever I guess you're wanting to get out of it. But like for me growing up, dance, it's it's about not really. I mean, not about when I was, I was going to say it's about winning, mm -hmm. but it it is about like growing and mm -hmm. competing right. and trying to be better each time and like honestly getting compared to other dancers. So I just can't imagine like doing something like I said, like just getting out on a stage and dancing. Yeah. Like for no one but myself, which I should be fulfilled by that. Like, that's cool that you're fulfilled by just doing something for you and for no one else. Well, it's also, I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to win, too. I guess it's the same with the dance. Like, you're trying okay, to. Okay, okay, here, you're right. This is, that wasn't a very good comparison because I, I did, like, a solo. Yeah. I guess mine would be, like, if I got up and did, like, a dance battle against right. someone. Yeah. And it was just us two. Yeah. And then we just, like, determined one of us won, one of us lost. Yeah. Cause then if you go in with that dance battle and like, say you like pulled out all your tricks and all your, like you did that dance battle to the best of your abilities and you lost, you could still walk away with like, well, I mean, I went, I went down swinging. I guess it's just such a different concept because dance is all about performance mm -hmm. and tennis is not like, we're literally putting dance is about like entertaining and putting on a show for other people, pretty much, it's not. Mm -hmm. But but actually, no. To a certain the, extent, though, because at the same time, it's a, like a form of art too. Like it doesn't have to be for someone else. But I don't know. That's really interesting. Yeah, to a certain extent, though, I'll say with tennis, like the only thing that makes makes people want to want to watch you play tennis is like kind of how you look when you're playing tennis, like and how people, how coaches and like people who know the sport of tennis how they judge you and look at you because like anybody can go out there and say they're playing tennis and, but you can look like a complete 
fool while you're playing tennis like you don't like me like I can hit the ball and I will whop you but my form and the way I'm flapping around is probably not correct <laughs> it's flapping around <laughs> exactly so oh, you were supposed to say no babe you don't flap around. oh yeah you don't flap around baby thank you but um I like your Shania T <laughs> stop it. sorry um but I forgot I lost my train of thought you said it's all about kind of like performance and like the way you look yeah I mean yeah you could say that 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 is a part of the game too because and then honestly if you're looking good and you're doing stuff correctly you will win unless I mean that's not guarantee you win but like you'll be doing things right and you will see you know good results like today I felt like I looked good like the footage that I have I looked good doing certain things and I I had a good hit like I had a I got a good point like it just all came together but yeah you guys when I tell you Josh came home from tennis and he was in a completely different dimension for a while like I got zero attention and he was watching his playback isn't that what it's called when you get in like high school you go on the football team and you watch your it's called footage oh <laughs> I'm thinking of something else oh playback is like music video uh yeah there you go there okay. you go my bad um well I guess that's as far for our intro stories do we want to get into what we want to talk about today yeah, what do we want to talk about today? Honestly, I um I don't have anything. I mean, nice. you brought something to the you said that you have something to bring to the table and I'm ready to have this conversation. We're doing this again. <laughs> Did this happen again a couple uh podcasts ago? I, where you had something and then I was just Oh babe, I just had something like miniature. But this oh, is okay. Well, okay, this is not obviously anything huge either, but I stop saying that. Everything you say is huge. Well, that's really nice, babe. I'm serious though. Okay, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't like yeah, don't, don't, yeah. Don't downplay. Okay. Um, no, I, I saw this on Instagram not too long ago and I saved it. I save so much stuff on Instagram. Same. And I like, I don't really do anything with it, but it is kind of nice to reference. I don't really know for what purpose, but I feel like Instagram, yes, social media can be like, quote unquote, pointless, but there are so many. Social media is not pointless. Well, obviously not to us. No, it's not pointless at all. I think some people would argue or like, not. I wouldn't say pointless, but I would say like, you're not going to learn anything from some people's Instagram pages. Oh, for sure. So that's kind of what I meant by pointless because yeah. the only people I try to limit the people that I follow that I feel like I'm not gaining anything from. Same. And there's a few people I follow. Like I follow like, I feel like I follow like a few celebrities that I really am like, okay, I'm not learning anything from you, but you're just like fun to follow. But I feel like you have to have the balance of, okay, am I following this person because I like envy their life mm -hmm. or am I following them because I'm learning something? Do they inspire me? Like what, what really is my reason to follow this person? Unless they're like my friend or a family member. Right. Because following strange, strange, <laughs> following strangers of people you don't know, there's obviously something that like leads you to follow them. Yeah. And I don't know. I just think it's important to have a balance because I for sure used to have like, I felt like I was following too many people that I was kind of comparing myself to and I wasn't gaining anything from following them. If anything, it was toxic for me. So yeah. anyways, I do like to follow accounts that just, you know, give me like joy. <laughs> Literally. Speaking of saving things on Instagram, you know, you can like make collections. Yeah, you told me that the other day. and It's so great. Okay, you, babe, you're different. You, like, shop straight from Instagram. I've never done that. I have not bought one thing straight from Instagram. Oh. I You've seen me probably look up stuff, 
but I never actually do. I just go straight to the website. Oh. But I'm saying as in like you can like for me, I have a fashion collection. Like if I see something dope or I like colors that look cool on someone or whatever, and then I would just click save and then you can be like add to collection and it's added to my fashion collection. That's cool. I should definitely start a collection because I have everything just in one big saved area and whether it's oh I saved this photo because I like the colors and I like the angle maybe I want to take a photo like this one day or I saved this because I really liked this bible verse or like just whatever it is it's all different vibes and then I go into my saved and it's just a whole yep. hodgepodge yep. of yep. but you know what I kind of like it because it's a hodgepodge of everything that I love hodgepodge hodge I I get it it's a hodge hodge okay hodge okay, hodgepodge <laughs> I get that, but, like, then, I don't know. For me... It is nice to be organized. Because I have, like, some graphic design stuff in there. I have merch ideas. I have my fashion, like I said. And then maybe just funny stuff I want to show you, but I don't know. Anyways. Anyways. anyways, (laughs) You have something that you saved on your Instagram. Yes, one second. Okay. I'm sorry, I had to burp. Okay, I was like, where where are you going? (laughs) I would love to know. Okay. So this is um, Chris Durso's Instagram. Love Chris Durso. Love it. Um, So it says, your children need a whole parent. Broken parents will produce broken children. The good news is broken people can become whole parents. Mental health is essential for parenting. This is why your mental health cannot fall second to your parenting. To sacrifice your own mental health is to sacrifice your children's future. One of the most essential roles as a parent serves as is that of a mirror. Parents serve as relational mirrors that shape the identity of a son or daughter and impact how they view and interact with the world around them. Children learn the rules of how the world works from what their parents say and do. The more you pursue wholeness and health as a person and parent, the more you will reflect a healthy and whole image to your children of who they are and who they will be. Unresolved issues in our lives as parents often reflect a distorted representation back to our children of who they are. This is why parents need values to base their parenting off of. And the thread actually continues. It's like a super long thread, but yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah. I just loved this. The whole thread is really good. If you guys want to go read it, it's on his Instagram. You'll find it. Chris Derso is also a, he's a pastor um, in New York city. That's who he is. Yes. If you guys weren't aware of that, but I just love this because I think this kind of, even if you're not a parent, it relates to really any relationship that you want to like breathe life into. You have you have to be whole and healthy first before you're ever going to thrive in any type of relationship, whether it's a friendship, a relationship, a parenting role, like whatever it is. You can't like you literally just can't pour from an empty cup. And I know that's like so cliche, but if you're depleted mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in like any of those aspects, you won't be able to fill someone up in that right. way. Yeah. And so I don't know. I just thought it was really, really cool. And just a good reminder to prioritize you before you prioritize anyone else. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I feel like I forget that. And I think there's obviously a balance. Like you have to be super selfless, especially when you become parents. And if you're married as well, you know, you aren't just thinking about yourself anymore, but you can't put others needs and emotions and wants and prior like prioritize them so much to where you like lose yourself because then it's just all going to kind of fall apart. And I can speak from that firsthand because I've definitely been, been there where I'm kind of like quote unquote empty and I'm trying to like get 
everything in order and nothing seems to be in order because I'm not in order. But I have a question. What if you do get into that relationship or you become parents or something, you know, life changing happens and you are not whole in certain areas of your life? What does that what does that look like? Because I'll say for me, um, I feel like I've I've gotten into relationships and I've done certain things to where I feel like I wasn't fully equipped yet, but I did it anyway. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I kind of feel like there is like a not because I don't know. I feel like the fact that you did it anyway when you quote unquote like weren't ready is kind of still still needed. You know, like it's hard because when are you ever like what rule book is there to follow that says you have not reached a stage in your life where you're ready to be a parent? So you're saying I thought that I was ready enough? Yeah, like I don't think there's but then what there's if, just okay. certain circumstances that like you're not going to be able to know if you're necessarily ready until you're in the circumstance mm-hmm. and you kind of have to just deal with it as you go. That's why I like what this said because it said broken parents will, re- will produce broken children, but the good news is broken people can become whole parents. So mm-hmm. just because you may be broken in areas of your life and if you have like prior trauma whether even if it is if it's family related like you know relational family parenting related or if it's something completely different where you just feel like you're not like whole or complete in that area of your life you can still get there after you become a parent you don't have to get to this certain point where you're like i'm complete 100 percent and this 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 and this and now i can be a perfect parent because in reality you're never going to be perfect i agree because I don't even like why is that notion still out there or that stereotype or whatever the word is that's still out there that's saying like you have to have this do this before you become a parent. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, or th- there's like such a stereotype of not a stereotype. I know what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like um, before you get married or before stable. you do this, you have to be financially stable. You have to do this, this and this. You have to be in a place where you can buy a house before you have kids. You have to have this and that like who like why who said that like why is that why is that thing i feel like more than not people are getting in those relationships or um you know getting in those marriages having kids and stuff and they're not prepared and not ready quote unquote or whatever i mean like for us riella wasn't planned or whatever, but as soon as we found out that we're having a baby, we started to get prepared as much as um get pre- get prepared as much as we could, and even still, we're still learning. Well, and what's crazy is I think I don't think there if there's a parent out there that's like, or even just someone that's newly married or not even newly married, just married in general, if they would sit there and say, "Oh, when I got married, I." was completely ready. I had everything in order. I knew what to expect for every scenario. Same with parenting. I felt 100% confident. I knew what I was doing, blah, blah, blah. Like, there's no way that there's anyone that 
feels like they absolutely nailed every aspect of like a large life change like that because everything in life is like evolving you're gonna you're learning every single day even about yourself so how could you go into something like that and be like oh yeah i nailed that i don't know there could be i feel like there could be someone who thinks that yeah i just yeah i don't know i just really like this and i also like how it talks about you know who you are and the values you hold as a direct reflection of your children and I just think that's so important. It just holds so much weight, especially for me since we have a daughter. When we found out we were having a girl, I was not like stressed, but I just felt much more pressure than if we were to have a boy only because I am obviously her mother. I'm a woman and I need to model for her to grow up and be a woman. And yeah. you can't do that for her. Obviously, mm-hmm it's 50 50 when it comes to parenting. Like she is going to gather so much knowledge and wisdom from both of us, but it's just a different type of weight when she's obviously like a girl. Right. And so I just remember finding out she was a girl and I was like, Oh my gosh, like I have to teach her everything. Yeah. And it's so true. Like even now with Rayella, she's literally, she can't even talk, Mm -hmm. but we're so careful about the way we act talk say things around her because kids are so smart they yeah even before they can talk they are listening and they're learning and i just want to begin now like why would we be like let's act crazy and wild not saying that we do or Mm -hmm, would mm -hmm. but even if you kind of have that mindset of like oh our kids are infants we can say and do whatever we want we can Mm -hmm. watch whatever we want in front of them and then once they're like able to comprehend then we'll, you know, clean it up. But it's like, no, why, no. why would you wait? Because they are, they are so smart. Even in the predicament we're in now, predicament, it's not the word, but like in the situation <laughs> we're in now, she's 10 months and she's definitely peeping and learning and um, watching our every move, even tone, noticing different tones. and um, Yeah, like if we raise our voice or yell, like, even, like, like if we're joking or we're just loud, I feel like in general. Mm-hmm. And she'll like get startled or, yeah. and I'm like, oh my gosh, baby, like, sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. Like, and think about that happening all the time in someone's household I know. and like you getting, you being raised around that, what that does to you when, by the time you're seven. I know. And then obviously by the time you're older and like older and stuff like that, like it, it definitely would, you know, um, play a part in your everyday life as you got older so yeah i I, how do we even get on that i don't know well i was just i think all just kind of stacked on top of Mm -hmm. what i read but yeah i just love that i feel like it's so important obviously it kind of seems like a given you know like your kids you hear like you are who you hang out with even when it comes to like friendships it's not just parenting like who you surround yourself with is usually like a direct reflection of who you are. Yeah. And so I just think it's important to be aware of that, even if, like we said, our daughter cannot talk or mm-hmm. really communicate with us yet. But I just think, I just love to keep that in perspective, especially because it's so funny because when we found out we were pregnant, like, I don't know, I feel like you get the question, like, what, is, what do you think the hardest thing about parenting is going to be? Or what are you most nervous about? And it's so hard to like put yourself in the future. Right. Because 
when I was pregnant, I was just like, I'm just so excited to meet her, like, and mm-hmm. see her face and hold her. Like, I can't wrap my head around actual parenting when she's like a toddler. And even still, it's kind of hard for me to imagine that stage just because I feel like God graces you for each season you're in and we're not there yet. But that doesn't mean that we can't like, you know, learn and prepare as much as we can. But I don't know. I don't know um, how I got there, but I just feel like now that she is here, I definitely am thinking so much more about just future and like even homeschool, which is so funny because We've talked about that before. And mm-hmm. I was like, I will never homeschool our children. We want them to have the public high school experience, like just like we did. Yeah. And I just, not only that, like that was kind of my number one thing. I was like, I can't imagine if I didn't go to high school, kind of like what my life would, would be and like who I would be as a person. Mm. So that's kind of like where I was at. And we were both on the same page with that. But then also I just didn't feel called to homeschool. I don't, I just didn't feel like I was equipped or meant to do that Mm -hmm. and now especially in this day and age I have definitely I think there's just something so different about when your child is actually here like on earth with you and then you just see her in life Mm -hmm. I'm like okay maybe I would homeschool like I don't know just things change so much at each stage and she's obviously nowhere even near school age but I'm already thinking about that do you think Going back to um, what we were just talking about, do you think that applies with marriage too? As far as um, like you are a a direct uh, reflection of me. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And vice versa. Yeah, I think so for sure. Like even if we're not together in a scenario, like Mm -hmm. say for today, for example. Josh went to church today and I didn't go because Ryla wasn't feeling well. Mm -hmm. So when you're out, like without me, you represent me. You represent the family at this point. Yeah. Like everyone that's there and sees you, they obviously are there to see you and say, how are you? You know, but they're going to ask you about me. Yeah. Most people will. And even if they don't like they see you and it relates directly back to us. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I'm obviously, and I hope that if you're married, you're confident as well. But whenever I'm not with you, I know that you represent us like amazing and just as you would if we were all together. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, I definitely think if you're married or in a relationship, I guess more so married, but yeah. you're a direct reflection of each other. And I think that kind of holds you to like a higher standard too. Like you don't want to disappoint your spouse by doing something out of line or right you know because yeah we're we're literally one so one of us does something everyone's looking at the other one too exactly yeah i agree i wonder other people's takes on that because you know a lot of people can go with the route of well he's his own person or she's her own person and whatever they do that's on them but i still love them though yeah that is true i think I don't yeah. personally, if that's how someone feels, I feel like that's not, that's correct. just, yeah. I mean, that's definitely a selfish way of living. Um, but that's like saying, it's like when people joke, we do this sometimes we'll be like, well, mostly with the dogs, we'll be like, get your dog. And like, if they right. do something bad, right. we don't claim them as our own or like mm-hmm. with Rye, we'll be like, go get your daughter, like change your daughter's diaper. Like yeah. obviously it's our daughter, but we just kind of will like joke and say stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like 
some people may actually believe that to be true. Like, I don't know. I agree. Everything that you said, just said. Nice. Um, wow, that can go just a lot of different ways with parenting and marriage. Do you think that um, that can contribute to, like, let's go back to parenting, but like postpartum? As far as like, you know, just kind of the weight of everything, like when with, with becoming parents and stuff like that, do you think um, like thinking about everything we say and do with Rye or around Rye, um, do you think that contributes to like some type of postpartum depression or anxiety or anything? I'm confused on the question. It's kind of me too. <laughs> I'm going to go a different route. Okay. How, how are, how, I'm going a way different route. Okay. okay. Yeah. Cause I wasn't there with you. Um, how, how are we able to, as parents, protect our daughter from, um, you know, things that we don't want her to be around or hear and things like that, but without controlling her though Mm. that is good because i personally think there's such a balance especially for us like we're christian and and our Mm -hmm. daughter will be raised christian Mm -hmm. um but i don't want her to be completely naive and unaware of people who aren't christian even but not just that just Just life in general just life things that obviously you know we wouldn't encourage but Mm -hmm. i don't want her to be like unaware and to learn things for the first time if she does go to school or if she is around other friends or people that don't have the same like values or beliefs as she does I don't I don't want it to be the first time she ever hears something Mm -hmm. I would rather everything come from us first yeah and I also always just want to be that that safe place yeah so I don't want her to feel like she goes to school for example hears something about drinking or partying and feels like oh my gosh like I know that my parents don't want me to do that so like I would never want to I'm not going to go home and say anything to them I want her to be like oh yeah like my parents said that I shouldn't do that but I'm going to go home and talk to them and just tell them what my friend said how are we what do you think how we're going to do that how are we going to create that safe space for her I just feel like ultimately it comes down to just being absolute okay well actually I was going to say best friends but there's definitely a line between being best friends with your kids that can get tricky because you can't be too much of a best friend you obviously have to Mm -hmm. be their parent Mm -hmm. but i think yeah just being open and never um crossing like that line or closing the door to them when they come to us with something vulnerable because i think it literally only takes like once one time yeah if they come to you with something vulnerable or something they want to ask you something or just confide in you about and something you and shut you, them down and you yeah. yeah you shut them down and you let them know that you aren't that safe space then they're immediately gonna search for someone else or another way to find another, yeah some someone safe they can talk to mm-hmm. which is literally the opposite of what i want exactly so even if our daughter makes a bad decision i would rather her not necessarily because like let's be honest she's probably not going to you know, think, I think I want to do this bad, quote unquote, bad thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Let me ask my parents first and then do it. 
most times, you know, kids are going to make mistakes. They're going to do things. But I would rather it happen and her come straight to us than lie and sneak. And obviously that's like in a perfect world. And we won't know, you know, how to navigate that until it's actually here, which is so crazy to think about. I know we were just talking about like I cannot fathom even like toddlerhood and let alone teenage years. That is just feels so foreign and like out of my wheelhouse right. but we'll yeah, get there. I, de- I definitely think being open and being straight up and real and not you know shielding our daughter from certain things I feel like that will that will help her too but to a certain extent though like I'll say this like because the way I was raised like my dad didn't even want people like cussing around me like when we when I would go play basketball with my dad and like the older guys and he would always it got to a certain certain point where we would get there and like they knew that because my dad was there and I I was there like all right y'all let's like let's just pipe down the language a little bit and things like that only just because my dad spoke up and he didn't want uh he didn't want them cussing around me and things like that but um and then, like, obviously with, like, TV and something or if something's on the TV and it looks, you know, dark or demonic or just something that, you know, just doesn't look right. Uh, he wouldn't even tell me to go to the other room. I think he would just either just, like, turn it off or, like, one time he literally, like, covered my eyes while something was on the TV and things like that. So in being super practical, he was being that that's like a being super practical way. But I don't know with Rye nowadays like when she's around us she's obviously not going to hear no one cussing or no one you know being negative and doing all these you know things but she might be around people who are doing that and i'm trying to figure out what is the way to let her know like you know like this is what we do in our home but that you know what other people are doing you know that's that's just not what we do. I guess yeah. that's and I honestly think, what we're going to say. Yeah, I like that. And I also think, too, to, I think it's important to teach her, you know, this is what we do in our house. And this is the rules we want you to follow and just the way we want to live our lives. But um, just because you see someone doing it a different way, it doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong or bad. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone has their own personal way of living and I don't want her to ever like shun someone or just not be friends with them. Yeah. Or anything like that. That's kind of a different angle, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you feel like, do you feel like you had that like safe space, (laughs) safe place, (laughs) safe space that you could go and like tell your parents absolutely anything? Or do you feel like not really? Like, like growing up. Give me an example. Like if I did something. Anything. Do you feel like you could talk to your parents about anything? Um, yes, sometimes. Because the only, the, I say sometimes only because there were certain things that we like weren't allowed to do or say or whatever or be around or whatever. And we, it would happen and we would. And then I would always think, okay, well, what would happen if, um, if I told him that? But then there are sometimes where, like, I know what I'm either doing is wrong, 
I shouldn't be in this predicament and I have to go tell my, and I already know what the outcome would be. And I think I'm thinking of, well, they're probably gonna be super disappointed in me. And nine times out of 10, that is like, it's happened before I, I either got caught or I either like he questioned me about something, my dad or something. He questioned me and I came clean and he was more disappointed than, than like angry or something. And that hurts. I feel like when your parent like is actually like disappointed in you because their whole thing is like, well, I didn't raise you like that to do that. And, and me knowing that it was wrong with whatever I did, it just, both it just was just hurtful both ways and i think like even you having the hesitation of sometimes like i don't know like i would i would do something and then i i would know like i wouldn't want to go to them because i knew it wasn't allowed Mm -hmm. like i don't ever want our kids to feel that way right and i think that's obviously i don't think any parent intentionally wants their child to feel like they can't come to them like that's Mm -hmm. obviously not their goal but i think it just happens because there has to be such a balance and like even though i was raised so differently than you and like things that happened in my childhood and I got away with and I was allowed to do, you probably would have never been allowed to do. Mm-hmm. I still at points, like obviously I would tell my mom stuff. She would pick me up from parties, whatever. But there's obviously still times where I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm not telling my mom that. And I think that that's honestly kind of like inevitable. Yeah. There are just certain things, especially in teenage years, that your parents aren't going to be the first person that you think to run to. But that is our goal as parents i want our children to be just feel as safe as they possibly can and as comfortable even if they know that we'll be disappointed or even if they know that what they're doing is wrong i want them to be able to run to the run to us when they're like oh my gosh i did something wrong who am i going to go to for advice yeah and i think like we are because i like at the end of the day we are not going to be controlling our kids and not you know like we're going to we're going to raise them up as as they should and as and that and uh in the way that we're going to raise them and we're just going to hope that when they are when they're out in the world by themselves or when they're in class and stuff like that that they are you know listening and following the rules and the things that we have placed and that we've said you know to them i i have have you seen that tiktok to where that this dad was this girl his daughter she was uh, probably in high school she was going to homecoming or prom or whatever and i think i saved it he showed her he she came downstairs and she showed dad the dress that she was wearing and he looked at it and he was like well uh and she was already like, oh, my God, you're going to make me take it off. And the dad was like, no, I'm not going to make you take it off. It is very short and I'm not going to make you take it off, though. But he was like, why are you? Can you promise me that you're going to act like a lady tonight? And can can you can you promise me that, you know, what we've taught you or whatever, that's you're going to do that tonight? And she said, yeah. And he Aww. said and then he was like, all right, then go have enjoy your night yeah that's sweet i love that is what like you can only do so much yeah you're going to you know raise your kid you know like how how we're going to raise and we're going to teach them and have teachable moments and things like that but they give you 
because at the end of the day, like that's right there. If she does something wrong or bad that night, she's gonna. She made that promise literally right there. She's gonna feel so crushed if she does it, and she's gonna know that her parents are gonna be so disappointed in her. Yeah, and that right there hurts more than anything. But I'm saying that to say the control. Like we can't. We're not gonna be controlling our kids. We can't control our kids. No. They're as much as people want to try and control and shelter their kids and not allow them to have independence, even when they are obviously still living under your roof, they're not 18, you know, you control everything they do until they're of age. I just think there's such an unhealthy way to do that and such a healthy way to do it mm-hmm. because you can't just let them have a free for all clearly, but Absolutely not. you can't like there'll be rules and boundaries, but I would rather it be, and also, I love the idea, too, of, of course, like, these are our rules and our things, but I want, like, them to have a say as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like any, like, quote-unquote rule or boundary we have, I want them to be able to, like, give their input and kind of say, like, well, what do you think about this? And I want it to be, like, a family agreeance. Is there agreeance a word? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Ag- I, oh, yeah, agreement. Not an agreeance. Yeah, family agreement. Mm-hmm. But also, obviously... Like that's to loose. what extent? Well, no, yeah, that's that's loosely too because at the end of the day, like we make the final call. True. But um, I don't know. I just want them to have freedom and like feel like they can have a voice and not feel like, well, my parents said this, 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 this is what I have to do. Like, I want it to kind of feel like for them, well, this is what like my parents and I decided is like fair for my age. Yeah, the day of the days of because I said so, parents have to be over. Yeah. You know what I mean by that? Definitely. It's just, I don't know, because sometimes growing up, you just didn't get a reason why. And honestly, I mean, I get it too. Like, yeah, you are the parent. And you yes, technically don't have to say this. You don't, reason. yeah, at all. And I get that. But just to have that open transparency or just that open dialogue with your kid as to, okay, well, dad, why can't I go? out and smoke a joint with all these friends. Obviously our daughter will probably won't have those type of friends. Who knows? But like she could, she could, but like dad, why can't I do that? And I'm, I can't just say, because I said, so it's be, let's, let's do, let's, let's go this route. Let's go the route of, you know, what we believe in this house. And, um, what was I was about to say, yeah, what we believe in this house and what, we have taught you and what could be the repercussions of you doing that and things like that. Um, but yeah. Yeah. We got off on a really big parenting tangent, but I think it's just so cool. Even if you're not married or have kids yet, it's so amazing to just think about your future. And if you do plan to have kids, because you're essentially getting, it's obviously not you getting like to redo or relive your childhood and your upbringing, but it kind of is. And it's, it almost feels like for me, like, okay, if I could do this, like the dream way, how could I teach what I felt like maybe I was lacking or, or what I really liked about my childhood? How can I implement that into my kid's life? I just think it's so cool. I agree. That is like, you can just be like, this is what we're not going to do. This is what we are going to do. And it, what's crazy is like, it's, all up to us that is also true no one else not a chance not not one family member not one friend not one 
Instagram account. Also, don't you ever think about <laughs> ever? But like right now, I was just thinking like Rye could listen to this one day, and she's gonna be like, "You guys said that Jeez. this was a family agreement." <laughs> well, I was twenty six little girl now go to your room why because i said so. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 i think that's a great spot to end the podcast though right there on that on that note yeah that was a i i'm glad that you found that that uh yeah i actually thread. saved that like a while ago and i really liked it but josh and i were just saying before this podcast we really want well first of all we said this last week we are going to stop um shooting the podcasts sunday night and it is sunday night at 10:59. well we're about to start traveling so the we're next pre-shoot. few days we're going to be shooting so but we'll be good i feel like we might I'm, even shoot one where we're about to go too yeah no i love the idea of obviously planning a day for the podcast and being more organized and like this is our podcast day but then there's something about i just felt like me personally like i always thrive with procrastination and i feel like i always do better at the last minute under pressure when it has to be done now that is a topic that we need to talk about maybe we'll talk about on the next podcast yeah but anyways i don't know i kind of i don't i don't like 100 percent dislike the sunday night late last minute as possible shooting the podcast same i agree well that is the end of this podcast if you guys enjoyed it please give it a rating give it a like can you even do that? No, babe. Last week, I told you guys to download the podcast, and Josh was like, Savannah, that's literally so embarrassing. <laughs> Don't tell people to do that. Yeah, but you can't give it a rating, though. Um, sweetheart, do you have anything to end with? No, I just ended with something. What? I just talked about procrastination. No, something. Oh, anything. like something funny? Baby, I ask you this question every week. Yeah, you're week. right. Um, okay, this isn't funny, but really quickly... Guys, Rye got sick for her very first time. This is not funny at all. No, it's not funny. Okay. It's just like, I don't know, you asked me if I had something, something yeah, to end the podcast. Something that you guys have never heard before. Ryla has never been sick her whole 10 months of life. She'll be 10 months tomorrow. 10 months today, Monday, mm-hmm. when you guys are listening to this. Um, but she got sick, and it was the saddest thing ever. She but, threw up. Yeah, she threw up. She was She was dehydrated. like super lethargic. It was honestly like the hardest thing. Josh literally cried, you guys. Yeah. It was so sweet and sad. I hated it. Okay, but anyways, she is 100% back to her little silly self, and she's doing great. But I just wanted to share that because if you're a parent, you can obviously relate. Like, seeing your baby sick is top two of the hardest things ever. What's top one? I don't don't, know. I knew you were going to ask me that. It might be top one hardest thing. All right. Well, love you guys, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you.